So we're in Isaiah 58 today, and uh, we're just going to kick off with a couple of um, notes from Ellen as a reminder of, of um, kind of the big picture content that we have been working through. And the first one we're going to go to is from, uh, no, it's this one. It's from Ministry of Healing, page 470. No other influence that can surround the human soul has such power as the influence of an unselfish life. That's interesting. This isn't Bible study strategy. This isn't door knocking skills, etc. It's simply an unselfish life. The strongest argument, oh, the strongest argument in favor of the gospel is a polished evangelist. (laughs) The strongest argument in favor of the gospel is a really nicely designed website. The strongest argument in favor of the gospel is what? Can you read it? I don't know if you can read it. A loving and lovable Christian. That's it. That's the whole point of Isaiah 58. Would you read the next? We're going to go back mm-hmm. into the desire of ages. Love to man is the earthward manifestation of the love of God. It was to implant this love to make us children of one family, that the king of glory became one, of, one with us. Okay, hang on, I've got to interrupt you. Mm-hmm. What's the whole purpose of the incarnation? To implant God's love in us. That's the whole point. We've been talking about that in this series over and over and over again. Ellen reminds us of that. All right, continue. And when his parting words are fulfilled... Love one another as I have loved you. When we love the world as he loved it, then for us, his mission is accomplished. Okay, read that phrase again, because I don't think we heard it this morning. Love one another as I have loved you. When we love the world as he has loved it, then for us, his mission is accomplished. Okay, so when is the mission of Jesus on earth accomplished? When we love the world as, that's the whole point. Everything we preach, teach, everything in the text of Scripture is moving us toward that single point, to love people radically. Just a quick note. Yeah, go ahead. And then you can finish it. and, And when that mission is accomplished, what happens? We're fitted for heaven, right? He comes. Yeah. Last week we read that when our character is perfectly reproduced, then he will come. Hmm. His character, that's right, that's right, that's right, that's okay. That's what he meant. It was a long night. <laughs> night right? When our character right, matches his character, yeah, yeah, yeah. then he comes. Yeah. And that's the foundation. That's it. That's the bottom line. We can make attempts to stack a whole bunch of things on top of it, but what it boils down to is do we look like him? Yeah. Do we reflect him? And when we reflect him, we're fitted for heaven. 
That's and it. we have heaven in our hearts. That's right. Then you got to finish. Right. Oh, I guess that was yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> right, okay. That was it. There it is. But that's a that's a that's a that's an earthly thing that occurs. Mm. Right. It's not the flip of a switch when he comes. It's something that we do here and now. Hmm. Yes. Okay, so we're in Isaiah 58. One of the parts we have not really talked about in Isaiah 58 are the blessing sections. There are three, uh, and I'll just put this on the screen for you. There are three action blessing sets in Isaiah 58. So that is, the action is something for us to do And the blessing is what God does. There's three of these. After verse 7, there's three of these. Actually, after verse 5. So verses 6 through 14 are three action blessing sets. And we're going to look at those three today. We're not going to spend much time talking about the actions because we've spent a lot of time. Not enough time, but a lot of time talking about the actions. We're going to focus on the blessing side this morning. But we're going to touch on the action side just so you see the action side and then the blessing. Here's the first action blessing set, and it is how God defines fasting and God's response. And here is the question. I'll start, and then I'm going to have you continue the text. Is this not the fast I have chosen? So Israel is thinking about fasting. Why do we usually fast? We want to get closer to God, right? We want our spiritual life to move in a fresh direction or to be revived. That's why we fast. God's people in Isaiah 58 were fasting because they wanted God's blessing. They wanted God to show up in a new way in their society. So they were fasting. God asks them this question. He says, listen, if you want to fast, here's the fast I'm looking for. This is the action side of the first action blessing set. Would you continue for us, DJ? To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out? When you see the naked, that you cover him, and not hide yourself from your own flesh. Okay, so that's the action. God says, listen, if you fast this way, as defined in Isaiah 58, 6, and 7, then I'm going to do this. So we're going to just read through, and then we'll come and take this piece by piece. If you fast the way I'm interested in, loving radically, then your light shall break forth like the morning, your healing shall spring forth speedily, And your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry, and he will say, here I am. Action. Loving the marginalized radically. Then, blessing. And we're going to take these up piece by piece. Here's the set number two. It's an if-then set. And it begins like this. TJ, read it for us. I'm sorry, which slide? Uh, That one right there, if you... If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger, and the speaking wickedness, and the speaking wickedness, if you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, 
Then your light shall dawn in the darkness, and your darkness shall be as the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones, and you shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. And then continue that next one. Those from among you shall build the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundation of many generations, and you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. All right, so there's the if. You can see the first half of that slide. I think you can see the first half of this one. It's the if. And the if again is related to how we treat the people around us. If... We come in line with loving people like God does then, and we looked through or read through the results. Here's the third set, and this one is the if-then related to the Sabbath. And I'll start, actually I guess I'll read this one. If you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight... The holy of the Lord, honorable, and shall honor him, not doing your own ways, nor finding your own pleasure, nor speaking your own words. Then you shall, call, you shall delight yourself in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth and feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. So fascinating, these three Action blessing sets make up Isaiah 6 through, or 58, 6 through 14. The if, the action part, is followed with blessing. So we're going to look at those blessing pieces. And the one thing for us to keep in mind this morning is this if-then relationship. Israel in the beginning of Isaiah 58 was looking for prosperity, spiritual prosperity physical prosperity, and they were fasting and doing other religious activities seeking that prosperity. In the midst of that, God rebukes them. He tells Isaiah, he said, lift your voice up like a trumpet. Tell my people they're off track. They were off track because they were seeking God's blessing without the actions that would align them to receive that blessing. Isaiah 58 contains for us the blueprint of how to flourish as a person and a church. We have spent thousands of man hours researching what a healthy church looks like and the secrets of making that healthy church. Not we in Brunswick, but we as an Adventist church, as a Christian church. Isaiah 58 puts the blueprint out there. This is the blueprint for flourishing as a person and as a local church. And it's not a new blueprint. It's not a right? new blueprint. Even in the nature of the way that God asked the question, is this not the fast that I have chosen for you? It implies that it was previously brought to their attention. Yeah. But it wasn't something that was adhered to. So now here we have in Isaiah 58, okay, we're coming back to this like, as a reminder mm. of what I require of you. That's right. So we're going to look at these action blessing sets now. And we're not going to look so much at the actions. Again, we've spent time talking about those actions. We're just going to go through and look at the blessings specifically because I want you to, to soak in the profound expansiveness 
of the blessings promised. This isn't, this isn't small blessings. This is massive blessings, massive promises of flourishing that God gives His people when they follow through with the action part. God pledges Himself to bless them astoundingly. So the first one we're going to start with today is this. And as we're going through the blessings, I've, I've, uh, we've, we've put together similar blessings. So we're cheating a little bit. The blessings may come in different action blessing sets. We're combining some of those from different sets because they seem to align together. Read the first one for us. Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Then your light shall dawn in the darkness and your darkness shall be as the noonday. What's interesting about this text is that there is spiritual progression. Huh. So initially, right, your light shall break forth in the morning, the early light, the dawn. But then your light shall dawn in the darkness and your darkness shall be as noonday. It represents growing closer to God. Mm. The closer we come to him, the brighter the light is. So in the noonday, mm. right, that's the brightest time of the day. Mm. Right? So it represents that movement forward in faith as we follow that Isaiah 58 message. The closer we come to him, the more we are like him, the brighter that our light becomes. Yeah, and I like that, that, that you're mentioning the more we're like him, the brighter our light becomes. It's interesting that this, it's, it's almost a cycle. We take those first steps to love the marginalized radically And we become more like him, so we take deeper steps. We become more like him, take deeper steps. And through this self-reinforcing process, we become more like him and become more radical lovers. And our light keeps growing. It becomes self-sustaining. Right. As, as, As I go to God, as I grow closer to him, as I do for those around me, he fills me more. I become brighter and brighter. It becomes an easier task Hmm. for me to do. So I just want you to reflect for a minute on on this. Imagine what it would be like if the Brunswick Seventh-day Adventist Church were increasingly engaged in service to our community. What kind of light would we be as we engage increasingly in selfless service to our neighbors? Who would the the folks in our town talk about? I was just on the phone, on Zoom, I should say, this Tuesday talking to, I think she was the director of an organization in Portland, Maine. And I don't know if you're aware of this, but there are about 500 families in hotels right now. And the funding for those hotels is set to expire December 31st. 500 families. Where do those families go if the funding expires December 31? No, is that a problem we can solve? Like, we don't have an apartment complex. We don't have a facility that could even be divided up in any way to sustain 500 people. At the same time, it's an opportunity. What her, her, her interest, next step, is having a conversation with local organizations in Brunswick about trying to find inter, intermediary housing for 60. Because in about April, there's 60 housing units coming available. They're being constructed right now. 
So she's looking to find a way that we can transition 60 of those families from their hotels into housing somewhere in Brunswick, and then so that they're kind of adjusting to, their, to the local area in Brunswick to then transition around April into more permanent housing. What would it look like if we were part of that process? Well, I don't know what it would actually look like, but I, I just want you to imagine what it would look like as we continue to engage and become a, a place known for compassion for neighbor. I got a text this week from a friend who um, came as a refugee from Africa in 2019, and he wrote me this. Hi, Pastor Nathan. Sorry for missing your call yesterday. I was very busy working on some housing applications for the immigrants who are living in hotels. Some of them have a difficult time even starting their housing request process. Let me know if we can discuss this in person. So he, he's reaching out. His, he's a pastor. He's actually going to theology school. He's taking a test this week. He came here in 2019 as a refugee. He is committed as part of his personal mission to help refugees who have come more recently to navigate the process. But he's overwhelmed in helping them, and he's saying, listen, I want to sit down and talk to you about helping the refugees navigate housing requests. I'll come back to you and let, that know, let you know what that looks like. But we're going to have a conversation this week. So we could, in part, become a place where, if you're good with numbers, forms, internet, where you could begin to help refugees make the housing application because they don't know the language, they don't know the process. Again, I just want to invite you to imagine what would it be like and what will it be like? Because we are engaging and I think we're continuing, we will continue to engage. I mean, it's, it's just, for me, thinking of that dawn of the Brunswick Seventh Adventist Church, Known a little bit more and a little bit more like the sunrise coming up as a place where people are loved generously. Right. And it's not that we can solve everyone's problem. That's right. But where can we be a helping hand? That's right. right? Where can we be um, or, or provide for those that need, mm -hmm. even if, if it's in a small way? Yeah. Right? It doesn't require us to change the entire world, but those little acts in changing someone's life is something that heaven smiles upon intensely. That's right. That's right. And I'll tell you, we, we are making, like, it is dawning. It has been dawning. The clothing bank, as I interact with, with people at the clothing bank, I had um, two ladies that when they got the invitation, the greatest gift, they were just overjoyed. A mother and her adult daughter. Just, and they've mentioned it to me at least one other time, how excited they are to be coming to the greatest gift. Another lady who walks to the clothing bank with a walker every, every week, most weeks, she's got a bum knee, comes with her walker a couple of blocks to the clothing bank. She's mentioned it to me maybe every time she's seen me since she got the tickets, how excited she is to come. So these are the ways that we're impacting the community. Volunteer firemen, not here in Brunswick, but that doesn't matter, impacting the community. There's others of you in little ways, part of this process of impacting. 
And this is the dawning. Just imagine if we keep leaning into God's lavish love. What would it look like at noonday if this is just the rays of the sun breaking over the horizon? What would it look like at noonday for the Brunswick Seventh-day Adventist Church? Okay, we've got to keep going. All right, so we'll take a look at the, the next two texts. Your words will quickly heal. Your, excuse me, your wounds will quickly heal, satisfy your soul in drought, and strengthen your bones. Mm. Looking at it in the in, in KJV, if you extend your soul to the hungry and the satisfied, the afflicted soul, the Lord will satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen mm. your bones. It's pretty incredible. So there's this spiritual injury that has occurred, right? Your wounds mm. will be healed. So it indicates that there's something has occurred to these individuals. In carrying out the Isaiah 58 message, those wounds become healed. And then your soul will be satisfied in drought. So as we move forward in this message, it's not easy to put ourselves out there. Mm. And we may experience times of spiritual drought, of difficulty in moving forward. Mm. But he promises us that our souls will be satisfied during mm. that period. And because we carry forward, we will then be strengthened. Mm -hmm. This is a blessing. This is an encouragement for us that regardless of the challenges that we face when we are out there in mm. ministry, in doing this work, that he's there for us, mm -hmm. that he will stand for us, that he will support us, and that he will strengthen us to carry forward with the mission. That's right. And I love this promise. You don't have to raise your hand, but all of us experience some wounding somewhere. The promise here is that our wounds will be healed as we seek to heal the wounds of others. And they'll be satisfied. That hunger we have in our hearts that seems unsatisfied as we give ourselves to satisfy the hunger, the longing of others, our own hearts experience satisfaction. Right. If you extend, oh, we read this mm -hmm. one. I think we're good on that. So here's in the short, the shortest path to individual and corporate flourishing, according to Isaiah 58, is radical love. It's not a better organized worship service. It's not better music. It's not better Sabbath school teaching. It's, it's, it's not a lot of the other things that we've assumed make for a flourishing church. Isaiah 58 says it's a single thing. And that single thing is loving the marginalized radically. And, and having an organized church service is good. Yes. Having good music is good. Yes. Right? But you know, all of those elements that we put together cannot function successfully if we don't have that deep, abiding, benevolent love mm. behind it. Because if it's not, then it's, it's just about us. Mm -hmm. It's just for us. Mm -hmm. right? So when we are attempting to carry out this mission, the goal and purpose is to ensure that it is widespread, yeah. right? that it is outwardly mm -hmm. moving. 
And as we move outwardly, right, as we saw before and we'll see as we continue on, there is an impact within as well. Mm. Again, so the principle is, as we work to help others flourish, we flourish. Right. I'll go ahead and read Some words from Ellen, yes, read those. The 58th chapter of Isaiah is a prescription for the maladies of the body and of the soul. If we desire health and the true joy of life, we must put into practice the rules given in this scripture of the service acceptable to him and its blessings. As you forget yourself and take an unselfish interest in those around you, the mighty healer will acknowledge your work and give you strength beyond your expectation. Mm. So there, there is this blessing that God extends to us spiritually, mentally, and physically as we move forward in faith with the Isaiah 58 message. Mm. So as we move, he moves, and he continues to give us enough right, mm. to carry forward. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, when I first read this, it was, it was shocking to me that in doing for others, when you, when you do something, it feels good, right? But that there, there is this depth to that and what God desires for us to do. Right? Mm. And it is a mechanism for healing on multiple levels. Mm-hmm. That's right. Not just us as individuals, but us as a church body mm-hmm. as well. That's right. The, the thing that, another thing that's really amazing about this section of text is the idea that, you know, when I think of giving, especially when I think of giving sacrificially, whether that's of my time or my resources or my talents, I do think about the cost-benefit, right? That, that's something that I wrestle with. It's like if I give away such and such, what's going to back me up? Right? Am I going to extend myself so far that then I go bankrupt or then I can't take care of such and such? The amazing thing about Isaiah 58 is that what comes together is that as the people of God love radically, they place themselves in this position of experiencing expanding blessings from God. In other words, the thing that God wants us to know is that as we engage in loving radically, we can never outpace the providence of God. As we give away, we will experience greater inflows, and so there's never the need to look over our shoulder and say, what's going to back me up? Over and over and over again in Isaiah 58, in the promises, God literally is saying, listen, go give and I'll back you up. Go give, and I'll back you up. Go give, and I'll, and I'll make you flourish. And those promises only get more expansive as the chapter moves to verse 14. The blessing of the cross doesn't happen if it's not for Christ's mm. sacrifice. Mm. And the impact that that has. Mm-hmm. And he's setting the same example for us. Hmm. That yes, it's going to be difficult at times, right? It's going to be hard, but I've got you. That's right. right. I've got you covered. I'm, I'm, I'm here for you. As long as you're in my will, doing what I ask you to do, you will always That's be right. covered. That's right. That's right. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. This is an interesting passage. I'm going to look at it in another text here. This one is the New Living Translation. 
your godliness will lead you forward and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. This is a text that's fascinating because God's glory or his character shining in our lives is both an offensive and defensive power. Talk to us a little bit about the, well, I'll I'll talk about the offensive because you have a comment on the defensive. So the offensive side of it is this. As God's character shows up in our lives, it goes ahead of us to draw people to the God we're going to talk about. When human beings experience the love of God through us, or they simply hear the story of how God loves people through us, that draws their hearts toward God and goes ahead of us as an influence to build the kingdom. It also works defensively. Right, so when, when the Israelites heard that term rearward or rear guard, it would have been familiar to them. Right? It's, it's a military term. So as, as the procession would prepare to move, right, they were organized in a particular way. And it was the responsibility of the tribe of Dan to cover the rear guard. So they were to ensure that no enemy could come upon the people. Hmm. But their other responsibility was to ensure that no one was left behind. Hmm. So all of the stragglers, all of the weak, they ensured that they were taken care of. So as we look at this this offensive and defensive movement that, that God has, it's a moving forward but it's also ensuring that we don't get, forget those that are underrepresented, right? Those that um, tend to fall behind, mm. right? The poor, the needy, the infirmed. So that there is this complete encompassing mm. of protection for God's people. That's right. So it's, it's incredible. As we engage in making sure our neighbors are increasingly flourishing... That means that, number one, the kingdom is advanced as God's love is seen. But that means we're also protected and stabilized and the weak among us are also lifted up. As we lift others, the church itself is lifted up. Why don't you read this next one? This is uh, 58, 9, and 11. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help, and he will say, here am I. The Lord will guide you always. What an incredible promise. Fasting, again, is often done to be heard. You you look at the stories of Scripture, God's people, when they were in trouble, when they were facing an enemy. There are those stories of the sackcloth and ashes. Nineveh is an example of that. Because they're crying for God to, in the Nineveh case, crying out for God to not destroy them. So in Isaiah 58, the people are thinking, because at the beginning of the chapter they're fasting, they're thinking, we're fasting because we want God to listen to us. Here God says, listen, if you fast my way, loving the marginalized, then I'm going to listen. When you you pray, I'm going to hear. When you're in a crisis and you cry out, help, I'm going to say, I'm right here, I'm with you. I haven't forgotten you, I haven't left you. And I'm going to guide you. This, this is a direct response to their question in verse 3. Mm-hmm, that's right. Why are you not listening? Why don't you hear our cry? Right. His response is, this is what I want you to do. Then 
yeah. I will hear your call. Yeah. Listen to the message that I've been giving you over and over again. Mm. Because you keep coming to me crying right, about this situation, about that situation. Kind of like our kids, right? Yeah. You know, you're, you're complaining about this, but you didn't, ask, didn't do what I had asked you to do mm. before. Right? Mm. So God is continually bringing this to their mind. That, that if you want me to respond to you in a particular way, then do what I've asked you to do. Hmm. That's right. So here's a question for us. Does the church exhibit the promised power that we see in Isaiah 58 today? And if we, and if we don't see that representation, what do we do about it? Hmm. What, I mean, you kind of touched on this earlier. What should our church or our community look like if the Isaiah 58 message is being lived out. Hmm. Does it look like the way we are today? Can we say that we are an Isaiah 58 church? Do we see the results of that in the work that we do? If not, then what are we doing? Hmm. What do we do about it? How do we move forward? Yeah, good, good, good question. For all of us to think about, does my life, and that's a challenge I face as I'm in the conversation last night as TJ and I are talking through today's teaching, that's the question I'm asking. Does my life exhibit the Isaiah 58 mm-hmm. right. model? You shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. I love the word picture that Isaiah brings multiple times. You'll be satisfied in drought. You'll be like the dawning of the morning. You'll be like a watered garden. It doesn't take a lot to imagine what a watered garden church might look like. I would like a watered garden church. I I don't feel like we're there. Maybe I'm blind, but I feel like we have a little ways to go before we could say this is a watered garden church. What does that look like? Go ahead. Oh, I guess uh, these are my comments. I was just thinking about the John 4, 14 conversation Jesus has with the woman at the well. Whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. That's this watered garden imagery where the church is flourishing so deeply that it's like an unquenchable source of refreshment to those inside and outside the church. That's why I said, Isaiah 58 says, listen, If you'll participate with me in loving people, you will be so blessed yourselves that you will be like an unfailing spring of water. In other words, the Brunswick Seventh-day Adventist Church can never outrun the provision of God. We can deplete our resources in giving, and when we go back for more resources, we'll find all that we need to keep giving. Because the promise is that as we extend ourselves in loving neighbor, God will cause us to flourish like a water garden, like an unfailing spring. When we look at that example of the woman at the well, that's exactly what she was for the people Mm. in that town. She was filled at that moment and became a wellspring for the people around her. Mm. and goes down and says, come and and see a man that has told me that everything that I've ever done, right? And because of her influence, it changed 
a group of people. Mm. And that's the promise that we see here, right? When we look at Isaiah 58, 11, satisfy your soul in drought. You shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. So first, right, I am taken care of through the drought. I am filled. I become a spring that I can now water those around me and keep them fed, right? So it's this, as he feeds us, we we feed others. It's this cycle that he desires for us. As we continue to gain from him, we then disseminate to those around us. Mm, That's awesome. So we're going to post um, these slides again to the website. I can't read this whole slide, but I'll read two pieces of two slides. By humbly and earnestly engaging in the work of doing good to all, God's people will exert an influence that will tell in every town and city where the truth has entered. And then continuing farther down, um, the gospel will be revealed as a living power and not as cunningly devised fables or idle speculations. It will be revealed as a reality, not the result of imagination or enthusiasm. This will be of more consequence than sermons or professions or creeds. Isaiah 58, 12. We're going to have to skip... That down to 12. Those from among you who shall build the old waste places, you shall raise up the foundations of many generations, and you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. Here's a, a different rendering of this from, from the ESV. Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repair of the breach, the restore of streets to dwell. And again, as the church engages in loving radically, the promise is that it creates a climate of flourishing within the people of God. Our fallen down ruins, our struggling organization flourishes as we work to help the marginalized move toward flourishing. Right. You got to read this, this next statement. one. Yes. Yep. Jesus knew the influence of benevolence upon the heart and the life of the benefactor, and he sought to impress upon the minds of his disciples the benefits to be derived from the exercise of this virtue. So here again, right, we see Christ defining what would help us. That there is this immense benefit when we look to help others. Hmm. So the question that we ask, right, or the statement that we make, or that I've heard made, is how can we go out and help others when we're not even right here. And what God is trying to tell us is that the way that we get right here is to go out there. We don't have to wait until things are right because if we do that, we will never go out there. His whole purpose is to let us know that the way that we build up the foundations, right? Because the foundation that we were initially built on was incorrect. We built up our own foundation, our own system of the way that we think 
that things should be done. And what Isaiah 58 is telling us is that, no, we need to break those down, right? Because they're not solid foundations. But when we go out and carry out this message, your foundation will be rebuilt. Hmm. And we will rebuild it together Hmm. as we work together for those that are less fortunate, those that are misrepresented, those that are maligned. And as we work together, we begin to rebuild that foundation internally. Mm -hmm. That's right. So it's not a matter of waiting until we get good. This is what helps us to get Mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. So we're going to run to verse 14 of Isaiah 58. We are a little pushing the clock a little bit. So we're going to go to Isaiah 58, verse 14. I want you to notice, I've told you that Isaiah 58 keeps getting better. Notice this word in Isaiah 58, verse 14. I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth and feed you with the heritage of Jacob, my father, your father. Read, read it to us from the new living. Yeah. I will give you great honor and satisfy you in the with the inheritance I promised to your ancestor Jacob. And then one more. This is from the new, the NET. What is that? New, is it the New, new English? Trans- new Living Translation. I think English it's translation. New English Translation. Yeah. I will give you great prosperity and cause, your, cause crops to grow on the land I, have, I gave, excuse me, to your ancestor Jacob. Last word in Isaiah, almost. There's one sentence left. Last promise of Isaiah 58, 14 is this incredible promise of astonishing flourishing. So it's not just you'll be like a watered garden. It's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cause you to ride high on the hog. That's how we'd say it today. You will ride high on the hog as you invest in loving others, as you put yourself out for the hungry, for the naked, for the neighbor who's grieving loss, as you put yourself out for the person in your family who's suffering, as you put yourself out for the kid in the classroom who's... who's coming from a dysfunctional home, as you put yourself out beyond your own capacity, relying on my resources, as you put yourself out, I'm going to cause you to ride high on the hog. You're not going to have to worry about anything at home because I will prosper you as you work for the prosperity and uplifting of the people around you, especially the people on the sidelines and the margins. And then, did you have a word to say? I was going to say, you know, and regardless of whether it's, it's you know, my time or, or my talent, you know, this prosperity isn't limited to financial, mm. right? It, it, it's about um, our well-being, our spiritual That's right. well-being. That's right. That's right. Right? That we will be prosperous in regards to that. Yeah. So again, he is, he is bolstering like, the statements around, go and do, and I will take care of you. Right. Right? I will hold you up. Right? I yeah. will make sure that you have the support that you need when you go out and, and follow my Didn't will. Jesus say about the same thing? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness yes, and all these things, things right. will be added to you. It's a reiteration of the Isaiah 58 concept. Here's the last line in chapter 14. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. This affirmation of divine speech is not just plastered everywhere. It's in a few locations where God reinforces the promise by saying, I said it. Isaiah 58 is one of those places where God gives this litany of promises and then signs it, I'm the one who made the promise. 
I pledge myself to be true to my promise if you'll honor the conditions. It's a guarantee. You can stamp it as done. That's right. right. So we're wrapping up now. I know that uh, we have Sabbath school around the corner and some practice happening here. We're wrapping up with a couple of comments from Ellen and then a couple of statements or, or quotes from Scripture. All of these to encourage us to take the next steps in loving neighbor radically. TJ, read the first one for us. As surely as we believe in Christ and do his will, not exalting self, but walking in all humility of mind, so surely will the Lord be with us. Pray that he will give you a heart of flesh, a heart that can feel the sorrow of others, that can be touched with human woe. Pray that he will give you a heart that will not permit you to turn a deaf ear to the widow or the fatherless. Pray that you may have bowels of mercy for the poor, the the infirm, and the oppressed. Pray that you may love justice and hate robbery. And make no difference in the bestowal of your favors except to consider the cases of the needy and the unfortunate. Then the promises recorded in Isaiah 58 will be fulfilled to you. That's pretty cool. Little practical instruction here. You need more generosity? Talk to God about that. God, give me a more generous heart. God, help me see the needs and be willing to lean into them. So none of us need to leave today and feel like, I'm not a very generous person. I'm not doing this very well. So, nope. We just talk to God about it and say, God, help me move into the place where I am that person who's like you. And we'll get the promise. God will do that work in us. Right. So it's not just, well, I'll pray for, their, for them or for their situation, but it's a prayer on how I can impact their situation. Right. And a pray for a, a love for that work, right. a love to give. This from Isaiah 61, I believe. Yes, sixty-one, eleven. For as the earth brings forth its bud, as the garden causes the things that are sown in it to spring forth, listen, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring, spring forth before all the nations. That's a promise to you, to me. That as God waters the ground in Maine, we know spring is coming, the buds, I mean, it's coming in a little while. The trees are going to bud. The frogs are going to start croaking again. As God provides for the natural world, so God will provide for you and cause you to flourish. As you trust in Him, you will flourish just as is promised here. 62 verse 1, the next verse, first of the, it's, it's immediately following the Isaiah 61 11 verse. For Zion's sake, for the church's sake, God says, I will not hold my peace And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until her righteousness goes forth as brightness and her salvation as a lamp that burns. God is tirelessly working for the Brunswick Seventh-day Adventist Church, working for you to become a light that shines with brightness because our lives align with the Isaiah 58 model of loving the marginalized. These are promises for us. You and I can flourish because God's behind it and He's working for it. Just lean into Him and we'll continue to become what God has been doing among us. We'll just begin to continue to realize that more and more until this community can't escape the brightness of the Brunswick Seventh-day Adventist Church 
in all the places your and my life touch. Right. So let's claim the promise. Let's claim the promise, that's right. And that's it for Isaiah 58 for 2022. TJ, pray for us. Heavenly Father, it has been an extreme blessing to study together today. We ask that as we leave this place, that the message of Isaiah 58, Lord, will sink deep into our hearts, that we may become a people that desire to live that message. That any fear, that any doubt may be removed from our hearts, that any stumbling block may be moved out of the way, and that we can move forward in faith, that we can claim the promises, the surety of the promises that you have bestowed. I ask all these things in Jesus' holy name. Amen. We hope you were blessed by today's message. For more content or to connect with us, visit us online at brunswickadventist.church.